You say that you want to follow your dreams. You want to follow your aspirations. And as soon as you step out in your purpose, everybody in your family, they say that, oh, this ain't going to make no money. Oh, you wasting your time. Oh, you could be doing something else. And as soon as that situation does not play out in your favor the way that you want it to be, boom, you go back into your comfort zone and you listen to people who wouldn't even follow their own dreams, but you took their advice. As soon as things don't go our way, we are so quick to go back to our comfort zone. As soon as things don't go our way, or let me rephrase, if we tired, if we not feeling it, we won't give 100% and we think that it's okay. Some of us are victims of our own success. And I say victims of our own success. You've seen that type of person that's extraordinary at something. That's what we see. And we don't realize how good he is. We, we, we think that he's the best person there. But the only person that knows that he might be messing up is him. And he sometimes he might give us a half-assed project, but we'll never know because of the fact that he's so good. Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show. One of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit, family, friends, from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. Go to the Linktree link, and that will take you to all the ways to connect to the show. One last thing is if you want to be a guest on the show, think you have a story that other people would benefit from listening to, you hit a bottom in your life that you want to share, hoping that other people don't have to go through the same thing that you did, head on over to the Linktree, go to my scheduling page, choose a time, fill out the guest form, and we'll go from there. Hey, this is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, we are talking to Demetrius Thigpen. Demetrius is a uh, motivational speaker. He's also a United States Marine, uh, and he has the Instagram page, Meet Speaks, where he you know, uh, publicizes all of his stuff for motivational speaking, correct? What's going on, everybody? It's that ordinary podcast with the extraordinary thoughts that tells you to stop being great and be extraordinary. Let's go ahead. Let's get the morning started. Y'all already know what it is. It's Meech Speaks, also known as Demetrius Thigpen from Extraordinary Thoughts from the Ordinary Mind. I'm ready to rock and roll. Right on, brother. And this is our second take. Uh, the first time that we did this, uh, I had some technical difficulties. And upon uh, checking my, my work, I realized that uh, we or that I uh, stopped recording at some point in it and we had to do this thing all over again. So I appreciate me, uh, you coming in and, and uh, back and, and hooking me up. 
the conversation we had was really good. So I hope, uh, I hope I, I capture another good one. I'm sure it will. Oh, man. We're definitely going to capture it, though. And I just wanted to take a moment, Dustin, and just say I appreciate your transparency. Because obviously, like, the audience didn't know that this would be our second take. But the fact that you said that, 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 that that's so much respect from, like, another podcast to a podcast. Because that's a transparency that a lot of people do not. They would – I've seen people mess up, and they will act like it's everyone else's fault but their own. Or a situation didn't go right, so it's the situation's fault. It's not their fault. You see what I'm saying? So I love the fact that you took – you took ownership, you took accountability, and there was just so much transparency. So this is definitely going to be a good episode. Right on, brother. I appreciate that, man. That's the only way to be. Absolutely, I completely agree. I you know, because what what kind of a what, what kind of person am I if I'm going to try and sell you a bill of goods that ain't that ain't the truth, right? Yeah, you know, and then it, it always comes back down to like you know just mindset because when I speak, I talk about mindset. And, you know, mindset talks about like switching from the fixed mindset to the growth mindset. I also talk about healing, finding your peace. But the A in healing is accountability. And a lot of times we can't properly heal from something because we refuse to take, we refuse to be accountable for our own actions in the situation. We refuse to take ownership of it. So we ain't really healing towards it. We're just, we're just saying like, oh, I'm going to give this distance. No, you're the problem. You're the reason why this happened. You made your mistakes are the reason why this happened. Oh man, I I, I 100% agree with what you're saying because I mean I've I've been through situations like that and dealing with certain people in my own life where it's look man, there's a reason why everywhere you go there's a a, a trail of of destruction in your wake. It's not because everybody else is an asshole. You know what I mean? There, what what's the common denominator in all of these problems that you keep having? You see what I'm saying? And then we say like, oh, I want to cleanse. I want to I want to sage the room. I want to get the tarot cards. You know, I want to drink. You know, I want to drink the water that has all the fruits and other crap in it. You know, I want to cleanse myself. But the problem is, though, is that you can cleanse everything. You can get rid of all that negative energy, but that negative energy ain't going to go anywhere. if The negative energy is you. Yep. You're the virus. You're You're the the virus. You're you're the coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) you're the cancer that keeps screwing everything up you're the cancer that Mm -hmm. nobody wants in the room you're the cancer that when when you when you show up people leave you know and it also just comes back down to just not only that it just in the sense of when you are accountable for your actions it allows you to see the full spectrum of the entirety of the problem and i i always hear this i keep finding myself in this situation no matter what it is. You have, you've heard it all the time. I keep attracting this certain type of person. I keep attracting a certain type of person. The problem is, is that after every breakup, you immediately jump into another another relationship and you're going to constantly keep attracting that type of person. The problem, what you need to do is you need to take a step back. Heal. Pay attention to yourself. Check in with yourself because we always check in with everybody else. How many friends do you call? Hey, how you doing? I'm just checking to make sure you're okay. Hey, I'm here if you need me. Hey, you know, whatever you need, let me know. But how often do we do that to ourselves? How often are we showing up for ourselves? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when you do that, and when you do that right there, you are able to take a step back and be like, yo, like these problems, I'm if I fix this problem, this will stop happening. If I fix this, then this will stop happening. So that level of accountability, it's just, it goes into just being able to see the whole spectrum of everything. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I, uh, what you're speaking about relationships, this is right up my alley. Uh, I've, I've got five failed ones and I was that dude that you're talking about that, uh, you know, everybody, you know, ah, why? it's, that's you and you know, that, that, that broad and you know, this and that and all these, all these things that I'm searching for that's outside of, of, of my purview. And, and, you know, it's, uh, humbling, but it's, it's all, you know, when you realize that, right. When you, when you mm-hmm. get out of, when, when, when you take away all, all of the outside stuff and you, sh- and you, and you shed everything away and there's nothing left, but you in the mirror and the end of the day or the morning, which whichever ones it happens to be. And you realize for the first time that, you know, maybe, maybe it is me, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I am the problem. That's tough, man. That's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow because, you know, we've built ourselves up in our own mind. You know what I mean? That's why those memes are so funny when it goes, okay, this is, this is how I see myself. I love those memes. Yeah. I love this is how everybody else is seeing me. You know what I mean? Because it's true, man. We see ourselves as these great, uh, you know, before, before we have an awakening, we see ourselves as like on this pedestal and we're, we're, we're so great and we're, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm woke and I, I got all this stuff. I've got it figured out. I got, you know, things are going right. But unfortunately, you may have a piece of your life that you've got under control, right? A piece of it. Like mine was, uh, addiction. Okay. I got my addiction and my, my, my problems under control. But what I didn't realize is, is that, okay, well, now that that's gone and, and, and that was your, your coping mechanism. Okay. That's gone, but the asshole's still there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because, because all the byproducts that have, have, have come about from your addiction and the problem that you were in, all these byproducts of attitude, anger, uh, not dealing with all these problems, issues inside internal things that, that you, mm-hmm. character defects, if you want to call them that. I mean, that's what they say in the program, but. Yeah, you have all these things that are that are coming up and and that you have to deal with and you have to realize that okay, well, I'm the problem. Everything that that's been manifesting around me are symptoms of the problem, which is me. So how do I mitigate that? Absolutely. And you know, you even got to take a step back cuz you know, one of the best ways to find to learn about yourself, to figure out things that are going on within your life is isolation. You know, and I and I'm a strong believer in being able to isolate myself from people, from situations, from things. And when I say that the break that we get when we are at work, take it and go sit in your car. That's isolation. That little moment that you get right before you go in the house, before you see the kids after a long day of work. That's isolation. In isolation, there is so much power in isolation. We are allowed to decompress. We're allowed to refocus and we are allowed to restart essentially. When I'm having a hard day at work, I leave and I'll go to the smoke pit and I'll smoke a cigarette. I need to be away from everybody so I can process everything. When it's time to go on lunch, I'm not working through lunch. And I and I tell all my Marines that if these are tomorrow problems, I'm not dealing with them today. I'm going to choose me. And when I say that, you know, so many times do we come in early and we stay late for the same problem that's going to be there. And I ain't saying don't work hard. By all means, I'm not saying that at all because I believe in hard work. But at the end of the day, when you are hurting, when you are overloaded, when you when you got a lot on your shoulders, what you need to do before you destroy everything in your wake is isolate yourself 
So that way you can control that explosion. You ever seen one of the superhero movies where they got the bomb and then the superhero takes it all the way up to the second uh, atmosphere away from everybody? Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of us. That's a lot of us. We, 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 we about to blow up in the city. We need to be taken up higher so we can blow up away from everybody. And in that isolation, that's where you could do that in your car. Even if you can't go to your car, go to the bathroom. You, you, we already go to the bathroom and fake sitting there shitting. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you seen them guys before? You know the ones that's like this. All right, now I know it ain't. You've been in there for two hours. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. But you gotta decompress. You gotta relax. And then, and then if you don't do that, you're gonna just continue to keep hurting yourself. And it allows you to learn about yourself. That's where you find that healing, that accountability, that transparency. And just like what you mentioned, transparency is a hard pill to swallow. And the reason why is the ego situation. Who we see ourselves as, vice what everyone else sees, is, is, it might be two different type of people. People might see you as the strong one, but you see yourself as a broken person. People might see you as a weak person, but in reality, you view yourself as a strong person. And I've seen this, especially being in the military, where you get, you, and we've all seen that. We've all seen that. Let's not just say in the military, but we've all seen that. Where you see this guy who thinks that his shit doesn't stink, that he's better than everybody, but everybody else views him as a bumbling fool. Like he's showing up late. He's messing up the job. He makes it take longer than what it usual. We can't even take his advice on certain situations because he's not credible. But he doesn't realize that. And I say this right here, transparency is so important, especially as a leader, because if you are not transparent with yourself, I can assure you, your subordinates see you for what you truly are. And it just really just goes all the way back down. Like sometimes you got to take a look back at your childhood. Me growing up in Detroit, Michigan, raised by a single mother, father walking out in and out of his life because of addiction. You know, because we've had this conversation before. My father left me when I was eight. You know, when I was eight years old, he sat me down and told me that I was going to be the man of the house. I couldn't even tie my shoes up before I had my first load put on my shoulders to protect, to provide. He would come in at 11, leave, and then come in at 13, leave, 15. And the problem when you have somebody that does that come in and out of your life is that you will prefer that they're gone. Or if you prefer that either they're going to leave for good or they're going to stay for good because it's constantly hurting constantly ripping the band-aid off because you think that you're going to heal and you get hurt. You heal and then you get hurt. I didn't realize it, but I grew up with abandonment issues. I grew up not feeling like I was adequate enough. I grew up not feeling like I was worthy. I grew up believing that everybody around me was just temporary. So I refused to establish an attachment with them because I felt like they were just going to leave me in the end. And that tripled over to adulthood. That level of being a provider that level, because when we, you know, and, and my wife said it the best. She says, sometimes, you, you know, our parents, they parent, they parenticized us. Or I, I think I said that word wrong. But you know what I'm talking about? When you got younger siblings and you got to take care of those siblings or you got to, you ever seen like the kid, he's 10, but he's taking care of a six-year-old, five-year-old. Oh, he's yeah, 13. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You're, 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 that, yeah. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> that happened to us. And that happened to me. By the time my, me and my sister are 18 months apart, but the level of weight that was already put on my shoulders. By the time I was 15, I was bringing money in to put into the house. By the time I was 15, I'm protecting everyone in the house. I'm feeling more like a father figure than I am a brother. 
And that passed over into my adulthood. So I'm very protective. I'm very, you, you know what I'm, you see what I'm saying? But at the same time, I also expect a lot of people to leave me. So I keep my distance and I'm not attached towards people. So you got to really take a step back when you're in that isolation and go back in time to figure out where these problems came from. Because a lot of these problems, they don't happen just overnight. There's no such thing as an overnight failure and there's no such thing as an overnight success. We always talk about overnight success where, oh, you know, so-and-so is an overnight success. There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. That tree that you see was a sapling. You just starting to see it. You just now starting to see it overnight. It's been there seven years ago, six years ago. It worked its way to the point where now it reaches the visibility of you. But there's no such thing as an overnight success. The same way that there's no such thing as an overnight success, there's no such thing as an overnight failure. Rome didn't fall overnight. We didn't get kicked out of Eden overnight. (laughs) We didn't, you see what I'm saying? Things don't happen overnight. It's the little things that lead up to the situation. Just like how this coronavirus was able to spread all around. People been wasn't washing their hands. People been were doing trifling things. People were been, you know, we were doing dirty things that would cause a virus to spread. It just was able to just hop on the train and just ride it. And now here we are double backing, washing our hands twice, all the way up to our elbows, using hand sanitizer, X, Y, and Z methods. These things never happened overnight. And that's one thing that we really got to take into consideration when we talk about healing, when we talk about accountability, and we talk about addressing problems. Let's, I, mean, I feel like that was a lot. I didn't. I no, didn't mean to throw all that right there. No, no. I mean, dude, you. Uh, the one thing that I took away from our last conversation, and there was a couple of things, but the the one thing that stood out the most is that you're you're a powerful speaker. All right, you're able to you're able to speak in a way. That gets people's attention, but not, not, not in, it's, it's a, it's a subtle way. You know what I mean? You, you have some, you have some speakers that will come in and they'll just like, bam, and they, and they mm-hmm. snap your attention like a, like a Tony Robbins. He's just a figure that, and, and I use him just because it's, it's the most readily available person that I know mm-hmm. that, that is, uh, that is a character that is bigger than life when he's in front of you. Like he, he almost like a, a, a theater, a theater actor. Absolutely. How, how they have to project themselves. And so their personality and their whole being just seems like they're huge. Right. Mm-hmm. With you, it's a little bit different. It's subtle. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not, there's a, there's a time and a place for personalities like Tony Robbins for them to grab your attention and in bigger arenas, you know what I mean? When you're, when you have like the amount of people that, that he has that he's talking to, I mean, you have to be that way when you're in a smaller group. Like, that's what I like. I like, I like smaller, more intimate groups where you're talking to people and there's not so many distractions and you can actually catch the message of the person that's, that's saying it. That, that's where I, that's where I saw you. And, uh, oh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and that's why it was, I got so irritated when I was like, damn, it was a good conversation, man. Oh, man. The one thing about me is, is that like, you know, I can keep a conversation going, yeah, you yeah. know, and we talked about it before. Like, I'm a great guest. I'm a great guest because I know what it's like to not have a good guest on the show. Yeah. yeah. So I know I always make sure that I give 100 percent no matter where I'm at. And I treat everywhere that I and this is my the reason why is because my biggest fear is that I find myself in a situation that I know it could have been better if I just would have gave 100 percent. That's my biggest fear. You know, everybody always says I'm afraid of failing. 
I'm afraid of not following my dreams. My biggest fear is finding myself in a situation, whether that's living in a house, whether that's stuck at a job, whether that's stuck in a relationship, whether that's stuck in whatever thing that could have been better if I just would have gave 100%. So now here I am stuck with what I have right now. I imagine it to be like, you ever seen like the Price is Right where they <clears throat> they answering questions and everyone's hyping them up like, you know, keep going, keep going. But they get scared and then they back out. But if they would have took that last step and took that last risk, they probably would have got the jackpot. Yeah. That's what I imagine it. And that's one thing. That's the reason why I always give 100%. And that's why I tell people to give 100%. Because you don't know if this is, you don't know if this, even if this is your first time doing it, you don't know if this is going to be your last time doing it. You don't know who's, who, who is, this is the first time of them seeing you, you know, cause I teach and I've taught a lot of classes. I taught a lot of classes. And every time that I get out there, I teach that class as if it's my first class and as if it's my last class, because I don't know who's, who in that audience, this is the first time they see me. I don't know who in that audience, this is the last time they see me. So even if I'm having a bad day, even if I'm just not feeling it, because there's been days where it rained on us. It rained on us. You remember a couple of weeks where it was raining bad? Yeah. It rained on us. But regardless of the situation, and I and I bring that up as I as I as I transition into this next when you go out there, you have to give it a hundred percent. You have to. We all have these dreams, these aspirations. But the reason why we back out of our dreams, the reason why we tap out and we don't follow them and we end up finding ourselves working somewhere that we don't want for money that we need is because during those type of situations, when times got rough, when the crowd wasn't watching, that's what you thought. When the weather wasn't right, when you didn't have the right gear, that's when you said to yourself that, oh, I don't want to do this today. And then to that day turned into I'll do it next week. Next week turned into I'll do it next month. Just like what I mentioned, there's no such thing as an overnight failure. We do it to ourselves. It's the little things that happen. So when you step out and you say to yourself, oh, I want to fix the problems in my life. I want to address these things. But as soon as you start to address them and things don't go your way, you revert back to your comfort zone. And then, boom, you find yourself in the exact same problem again. You say that you want to follow your dreams. You want to follow your aspirations. And as soon as you step out in your purpose, everybody in your family, they say that, oh, this ain't going to make no money. Oh, you wasting your time. Oh, you could be doing something else. And as soon as that situation does not play out in your favor the way that you want it to be, boom, you go back into your comfort zone and you listen to people who wouldn't even follow their own dreams, but you took their advice. As soon as things don't go our way, we are so quick to go back to our comfort zone. As soon as things don't go our way, or let me rephrase, if we tired, if we not feeling it, we won't give 100% and we think that it's okay. Some of us are victims of our own success. And I say victims of our own success. You've seen that type of person that's extraordinary at something. That's what we see. And we don't realize how good he is. We, we, we think that he's the best person there. But the only person that knows that he might be messing up is him. And he sometimes he might give us a half-assed project, but we'll never know because of the fact that he's so good. And that's how I've been. There's been times where I would go out, I would speak, but I wasn't speaking from my core. You see what I'm saying? I wasn't speaking from my core. I was speaking a little bit above. I was giving them something that I just had at the top of my head. And everybody's wild about it. They're like, wow, that's the best thing I ever heard. You're really good. But I know that it could be better. I know that that wasn't my best. 
And 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 that feeling right there, it it haunts me. It bothers me. And I tell people that should bother you. When you don't give give a hundred percent in a situation, that should bother you. When you don't run that race at a hundred percent, that should bother you. If you walking out of a relationship and you know that you didn't give a hundred percent in that relationship, that should bother you. Because in reality, you didn't truly commit. You said that you want to be successful, but you tapped out before you even reached 100 percent. That should bother you because of the simple fact that how can you say you gave your all when you couldn't even give me half of your all? So when I step out there, I make sure that the lights turn on, the cameras are rolling. And, and, and I'm saying all oh, these are things that happen in my mind, whether those cameras and those lights are real or fake. I'm stepping out there as if it's already on. And I'm about to give everybody in that room, whether they're ready or not, a hundred percent. And that's that. And that's where I feel on it. One thing that I think that it has is kind of been debilitating over the years. So you know that one uh, that one saying is that just showing up is ninety percent of everything. I think that's. Uh-huh. I I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that statement because it, it, it limits you basically, Absolutely. basically really all it's telling you is that, all right, well, all I have to do is just show up and that's it. As long as I just show up, uh, I'm good. Absolutely. You know I, what I completely mean? agree. And, and I, there are people out there that you see in your, in your job, you see, you know, that obviously have listened to that advice. And, and those are the people that kind of like slip under the radar because they just, they, they figure that. All right. Well, that's really all I have to do. I mean, as long as I show up to work every day, I'm on time and that's it. That, that people with that mentality, it just drives me nuts because it's no, 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 no. It's more than just showing up. You can't just show up. You You know, a good friend of mine, Crystal Rodriguez, you know, we talked about this. It's a big difference between showing up and being present. And we see it all the time. Some people just showing up to work. They ain't, whether they good or bad, they just showing up so they don't get fired. Some people are just showing up in their relationships. They're not present in the relationship. They're just showing up to the relationship. Some people, they're showing up in their kid's life. And I remember that because my father, he would just show up. And, you know, he would think that he about to pick up where he left off. Mind you, this is three years. This is a four-year difference from the last time I seen him. There's a huge difference between just showing up and being present. When you present, you actually engage it in the now. You doing, you, you, you creating structure in the now you help it the now even if you sh- you present negatively at least you're present vice the person that's just showed up yeah you're not just a you're not just a body <clears throat> you're not just about you, you know what look at it just like in the movies you you got the protagonist you got the antagonist and then you got all the background characters a lot of people think they're the protagonist when they actually a background character in the story and they don't realize it they just showed up they think that they're doing something but they're just showing up a lot of people don't even realize that they fail in a situation and they, they can't even take a step back and realize that they're not present. They're just, they just showed up. They, they, they not. And, and, and when you just show up, you're not giving a hundred percent. You're not, you see it all the time. People that try to say like, Oh, you know, I want to be successful. I want to, you know, be able to make these steps forward. But the thing is, is that you just showing up. Hey, I'm a, I'm a post on Instagram real quick. I ain't going to say anything, though. I ain't going to interact with my audience. I'm just going to make this post. It should do a good, you know, it should do a couple of good numbers. You just showed up. Being present is interacting with your audience. We as podcasters, we know it better. 
hey, you know what? I'm going to post this episode. Hey, it's up there. I did my part. And then, then, then we fade into the background again. No, that's okay. harsh. That's, that's showing up. Being present is promoting your episode. Being present is following up on that episode. Being present is putting up those Q&As and saying, what did you think about this episode? Don't forget to like the episode, subscribe the episode, share the episode. That's being present. Yeah. Being present in a relationship is not just sitting there at the dinner table. You eating. How was your day? Good. How was yours? It was all right. Okay, let's go to bed. That's 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 just showing up. That's just showing up. Yeah, yeah. Stop, stop, stop being an extra in your own damn movie. You said there it is right there. Stop. Hey, you said it. You said it. Stop being an extra in your own damn movie. <clears throat> that's it. You the protagonist. You either you either gonna be the protagonist or you're gonna be the antagonist. But you're not about to be the extra. Everybody always looks at it in this manner like, you know, oh, you inspire and you influence. And I ain't nothing but a spark that ignited the change within you. You the hero in the story. I'm the I'm actually a second character. I'm a support. I'm the supporting cast. I just needed to pull you out of the audience and put you on stage. That was all I needed to do. And when you take that step from the audience onto the stage in your life, you will finally see the changes that you need to make. Hey, Dustin, this is a good episode. I just want to go on the record and say, hey, hey, for everybody that's listening, this episode is better. I'm going to say it. This episode is a lot better than the one uh, that we didn't get to put out. I like this one. This one's really good. <laughs> right on, brother. Um, so tell me a little bit about how, uh, you know, we're, we're what do you say? You got to be out of here at 730? I got time. Okay. I got more than enough time. I tell tell me a little bit about how you became a, a speaker, motivational speaker, in and what you do. I mean, actually, you're doing that for the for the Marines, right? Absolutely. So in the military, I'm a martial arts instructor trainer. So what that is is Marine Corps martial arts program combatives, and it, we specialize. We talk about the three disciplines. You got your physical discipline, your mental discipline, and your character discipline. Your physical is obviously the things that we touch and move our bodies and everything of that nature. Mental, the mind, and understanding the techniques and everything. The character, however, and the thing that people don't understand is that character is who you are when no one else is looking. So that person that you see in the mirror right before you go to work, that's your character. That's who you truly are. And then you put on your mask to protect it from everybody else. So I would have to get up. That Being a martial arts instructor trainer tells me to have to be in front of people on a regular basis. I have to learn how to speak in front of people on a regular basis. I have to talk about character on a regular basis in a sense of what is character? How can you better yourself? But I couldn't just, once again, like we said, it. I couldn't just show up. I had to be present. So I had to understand the craft at which I was in. So I would start talking. One day I get a call and they say, hey, Sergeant Thickpen, you're going to be speaking at this junior leadership seminar. I'm like, all right, well, thanks for, uh, you know, volunteering me, guys. You know, like maybe I didn't want to go do that. So I go do it. And I had to speak. I was the guest speaker. I spoke. And I did the I did the speech about the, the dollar. And this is before the dollar speech became so big. Where, you know, they rip up the dollar. They crumble the dollar and everything. And I did that one. And then I said, I said, some of y'all right now are basing y'all value off of the value of somebody else. Some of y'all believe because y'all have faced some form of adversity that your value has decreased. And, you know, once again, we put that big spin on it. And then I get this Marine and she comes up to me. She starts crying. Sorry, you know what you just said? It just, it was so, you know, amazing. I'm the dollar. And she points at herself, I'm the dollar. And I had to stop her because at this moment right here, that wasn't the type of lifestyle I was accustomed to. I wasn't a speaker. yet. 
I was that I was a bulldog. I was a I was really aggressive, you know, because I I'm, once again, I deal with, you know, it's a certain level of aggression that you got to have. So I'm I'm used to making people cry, but not in that manner right there. So it kind of threw me off because that was the first time someone had ever heard me speak outside of a training environment. The ball started rolling. And at this time right here, this is the part where I thought to myself, I was like, maybe we got some. But I didn't really believe it because prior to that, I had already been speaking four or five years in the military training and in those training environments. So I had already been speaking. This is something I had been fine tuning. I get a call and they say, hey, we need some people to go speak at a college. And I raised my hand. I was like, I'd love to speak at a college. I just spoke here. So I'd like to speak there. And they, you know, the situation was that they needed somebody with a little bit more season. They like a little bit more experience. They needed somebody that was a little bit higher rank. And I was able to call and talk to the person, explain to them that I got more than enough experience than the person that you're looking for. So they allowed me to come on. I show up. I, at the time, I'm 29 now. This happened when I was 28. I showed up and I look and all of these gentlemen that are on this board, we got, I got the superintendent, I got a police chief, I got the vice president of something. And then I got the, you know, a couple of professors. I'm looking around and I'm thinking to myself, like all these prestige gentlemen, all these gentlemen that don't went to college, they, they've made something of themselves. And here I am at this regular Marine. What can I say that's going to inspire all of them? And, and that's one thing that you got to look at is, is, is what is not what can you say that's going to change the world? In a room full of alphas, what can you say to inspire the alphas? So I walk out there and I went last because I had to hear exactly what they said. And I listen and I get out there and I open my mouth. And from the first time, I could see my own words. In that sense, it was as if everything that I said, it painted a room. It painted the room. I had everybody's attention. And then after I was done, they stand up, they start clapping. I walk out and the teacher, one of the teachers, she hugs me and everything of that nature says, hey, can you come speak at my school? The other teacher says, hey, can you come speak at my school? It's not clicking to me yet. Another teacher catches me as I was going to the bathroom and said, what you said inspired me. And I was like, oh, man, like you the teacher. Like, I didn't know that. I go to my car. I get in my car. I light a cigarette. I couldn't even light the cigarette before the tears started coming down my face. Because after nine years in the military, I finally felt alive. And I felt alive in the sense that I had purpose. I just wasn't just going with the course of the life. It felt like as if I had a purpose. And I finally realized what I was meant to do. And I, and I tell people, that's why I'm so adamant about telling people to follow your dreams, to follow your purpose, to walk in your purpose. Because when you finally walk in your purpose, you realize the gift that God gave. And I say God gave, a, God gave us a gift. God gave all of us a gift. But the thing about our gift is that it's just like our shadow. It was there since we were birthed. And because it was there since we were birthed, it goes unnoticed. We don't even realize it. But your gift is the thing that takes the least amount of effort to do. And it's and it's and you might not realize it because it's extraordinary to everybody else. But to you, you just like, I mean, I just did this. You might even tell yourself, hey, you can do this, too. Anybody can do this. That's a, that, anybody can do it, but anybody can't do it the way that you do. it. Everybody can speak. I was surrounded by nothing but speakers on those courses. 
but nobody wasn't speaking the way that I was speaking. And ever since then, that's exactly when I became, I became a motor. I can't, I became a speaker that day. A week later, I launched my podcast, Extraordinary Thoughts for the Ordinary Mind. And then it's just been history since. That's a great story, man. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in, uh, when you have a panel of people like that, when you, you know, the people that are, uh, you know, professional this, uh, professional that, you know, they're, they're standing up there. They, they seem like they're authority, uh, authorities on something. A lot of the times people resonate with the ones that have the least experience and are the, uh, and, and aren't as polished because that's, you can, you can uh, relate better to them. You know what I mean? They're a little bit closer Absolutely. to, they're a little bit closer to your level of achieving things. You know what I mean? So in like, I would much rather listen to up and coming folks that I can relate to rather than like the Tony Robbins is out there. The, you know, the, I, I mean, they have their place. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking them at all. I just, I can relate more to people that are closer to my level. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and there was a couple of things, because just like what you said, a lot of times we get intimidated by things that aren't really intimidating. And I say it in the sense of the unknown can be very intimidating. Me seeing these gentlemen, I hadn't even spoken to them, but hearing them, we create, I put them up on, and we do this a lot. We tend to put people on pedestals and create a status for people that really don't even deserve to be up there. And Looking at these gentlemen, I already started to compare my, my work to theirs based off of the fact that they had more time. They were more, they, you know, they were educated, but they, you know, an education and experience are two different things. You see what I'm saying? And we've, we all seen that. A lot of jobs are born experience, but they told us that we need education, but they value experience more. My aunt, and I remember because she's a motivational speaker. Well, she, you know, she's a speaker. And I called her because I was so nervous. I didn't know what I was supposed to say. And I was telling her, like, I'm going to be on these panel with all of these people. And, you know, they've all so educated and everything and with the college. And she said, baby, being educated don't make you smart. Being educated does not mean that you are experienced. They just educate. That's it. And when she said it, she was like, they're educated in the sense of the craft that they're in. They may have a degree, but they may not even be good at it. They may have a degree, but they may not have experience at it. Also, when I spoke there, there was one thing that was kind of different. And just like what you mentioned, I feel like there was also a 10-year gap between me and those gentlemen. There was a big 10-year gap between me and those gentlemen. They were 10, most of them were either 10 years or 20 years my senior. But the people that we were speaking to, those students, I was 10 years their senior. Some of them, honestly, in a different life, I think one of them was 15 years younger than me, literally 15 years younger than me. I looked at him. I said, in a different life, I could actually be your dad. You know, I could. But most of them looked at me more like an uncle, like a brother, vice, a father figure. And when I spoke while everybody else sat there and they, you know, they sat there and they spoke from the microphones or they walked around the stage. No, I got up. I looked at the stage. I told him just like this. I said, I understand that you gave us the stage for us to speak on. But for some reason, I came from the bottom and I don't feel comfortable speaking up here. And as I talk about a story from the bottom and I jumped off the stage and I jumped into the crowd. And from that moment on, I just started just going. And, and I don't tell people to tell people that to say like, hey, first chance you get, jump off the cliff, jump off the stage. What I am telling you to do, though, is to do something that feels natural to you. It didn't feel natural for me to use that microphone and speak up on that stage. It didn't feel natural. 
It felt natural for me to jump down and project my voice across the room. It felt natural to look down at those students in a sense of eye to eye. And the reason why is because I remember what it was like when I was a student in that type situation, what I thought of those people on those stages. And then I thought, what can I do to wow my own self? And a lot of times that's really what it comes back down to. We always say that we're trying to change the world. We're trying to be a change. We're trying to influence millions. Why are you trying to influence millions when you really need to be influencing the person that you needed the most back then? I would, I didn't have a father growing up. So I tried to be a, I'm a father of three now. I try to be the best father that I can be, being present instead of just showing up in their lives. I did, I came from a single parent household. My parents wasn't married. So I try to be a better husband. My family got hit by the recession so hard that you thought they, you know, this probably was what the dinosaurs felt like when they got extinct. So I tried to establish some type of financial, you know, literacy within my family. I work so hard because I know what it's like. I'm a great leader because I know what it's like to not have a leader when you needed him the most. And a lot of things that you need to understand is that your target audience, the person that you need to inspire, the person that you need to help is the person that you needed 10 years ago. The person that you wanted 10 years ago, become that person. Because I can tell you right now, that person that needs you is still out there. That room was probably 100 people. And I probably only influenced 10. And it's crazy because I talked to, I talked to 10. I, I influenced 10, but I was in a room of 100. But guess what those 10 did? They went and told their friends. And their friends told their friends. And their friends told their friends. And their friends told their friends. I ended up speaking at every high school individually after that event was over. And now my message had reached 1,000 when I only spoke to 100. One is the mother of 100 for a reason. So even if you can't inspire the masses, you're going to inspire that one person that definitely needs you. That's, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, you know, we, we definitely, uh, I mean, especially as a podcaster, you, you got, you understand that. I mean, we don't see, you know, who we're, who we're inspiring or helping, you know, cause a lot of this, unless they're, they're reaching out to us, which that actually happened to me the other day. Somebody listened to my, uh, a regular listener in Australia listening to, uh, episode four and they reached out to me cause the, who I had on there, she didn't want to be, uh, she didn't want to give any of her social media or anything. She's like, I'm just, I'm just here to tell my story. I don't, I don't need to, you know, have people contacting me and all this other stuff. Right. And so, uh, the Australia, uh, girl, she reached out to me and she's like, man, I wish I knew, you know, I could, I knew how to get a hold of her because, you know, she touched me so much, you know, her story was, was amazing. And it's just like mine. And I, you know, I want to reach out and, you know, talk to her. And so I was able to, uh, to facilitate that. And now they're both, they're both connecting, but it was, you know, you don't, you don't really ever see that though. Most of the time, it's just like all that stuff goes on in the background. And, you know, maybe you might know someone throws a review and, okay, cool. You know, you get a little bit of feedback, but most of the time it's thankless. You know, you're not, you're not doing it for, for accolades and attaboys and, and and all of that, man, because you rarely ever get them. You know, it's just, it's something that you have to, you have to have in your heart to be able to do and, and reach people that way, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, for sure. What else you want to, what else you want to say before you got to get up out of here? I think, I think that was it, man. I think, I think, I think we hit a lot of, I think we hit a lot this time around. I think we did. I like this. I like the way this one went. 
All right. Cool. Cool, man. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I, I totally appreciate you making the, making the time to do this again. Uh, why don't you go ahead and plug any of your places? I mean, you're going to have them in the show notes as well, but go ahead and uh, shoot it out just to, you know, just in case people, I, I don't know. I don't know how many people ever go to the show notes. Sometimes I, I don't go when I listen to some podcasts. I don't, I don't go to the show notes. So I, <laughs> in fact, I actually just found out what show notes even mean. So <laughs> and just like that, another extraordinary thought left this ordinary mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode half as much as I enjoyed making it. Stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram at Meech Speaks. Once again, that is Meech Speaks. Meech is spelled M-E-E-C-H. Once again, that is M-E-E-C-H. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the podcast, Extraordinary Thoughts for the Ordinary Mind. Stay hungry. Stay motivated. I'm out. Right on, brother. I appreciate your time. And and thank you for your service, man. I forgot to say that in the beginning. Nah, thank you for your support, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. And uh, take care. Hopefully, we'll be out of this uh, social social situation that we're in uh, soon. We're coming up on the, on the May deadline. I don't know if they're going to extend it or not, but it, who knows? I like the way this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate it, man. Have a good uh, uh, day, man. Absolutely, man. Take care. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. And thanks, Meech. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed listening to your message. And I look forward to following you in your uh, career as a motivational speaker. As always, all of Meech's information will be in the show notes as well as my own. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself, everything else is just noise.